When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Blagranes podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined by our buddy Nick to talk all things Barcelona. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, and I'm ready for soccer to start back up. Yes. Because it's been a long time and a long summer, and can't wait to just be glued to the TV. Nonstop games coming up here. Well, yeah, this is the last one where we're going to. It's pretty much just all off-field stuff, some well, we'll do like a little preview, of course, but there's no actual football action to talk about. Um, the fourth lever was just activated. I don't know if you were paying attention to the news this morning, yes. but uh, we have activated yet another lever. Uh, I don't know how many there are before Laporta selling off, you know, some maybe some 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 Gucci handbags from his closet or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but apparently, maybe this is going to help us register some players now. I'm a little unsure as to how that all works. Right. I don't think we're going to know until tomorrow um, when the game actually, you know, we see that final roster that's submitted who exactly is registered and who's not. But at the same time, this is obviously going to help. Um, we'll see which players, you know, they wanted to register everyone so they didn't have to pick and choose which ones would be registered. But at the very least, um, if a couple need to be left off for a few games, I think, you know, at least they have, Travis going to have a good selection to choose from, but you're right. It is kind of, for all the excitement going into the season, this whole registration thing is kind of crazy. Although I will say that the fact that it's Barca Studios gives me a little bit of uh, uh, comfort if as long as they can sort of be in charge of maybe improving Barca TV Plus. One of my big things this summer that made me frustrated was that Barca TV Plus was not so good at streaming the games 
at least preseason games. So if they can improve that platform, I'm all for it. So Bursa Studios, you know, let's put our money over there if that's what uh, it's going towards. Um, I will say this, if we choose to register some and not others, maybe let's register the players that can still leave, uh, like Andres Christensen and Frank Kessie, apparently. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. But apparently, apparently they're, they're comforted. Uh, Laporta reportedly reached out to them and they both feel good about the registration process, but, uh, maybe let's, maybe let's get them registered so they can't leave. Yeah. Um, let's talk about two guys who did leave, uh, Nico Gonzalez and Ricky Pooge. What are your thoughts on those two gentlemen leaving? I, um, I think two good moves for both of them. It's funny because originally we thought Ricky Pooge was going to go to Valencia, uh, because the new coach over there was seemed pretty high on him. And I think that would have been a good landing spot for him. Uh, you know, someone who's American and watches MLS over here. I'm very excited that I have a, a, a reason to watch the LA Galaxy. That's incredible. I, yeah, there's a lot of to reasons to tune it. into the Los Angeles clubs now. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, we could do our, like a, our own like little side podcast on American soccer over here in the MLS. But that's huge. That's huge for American soccer having Ricky Pooch over here. He's quality. You know, I I have to say I was one of the biggest fans of his and uh, one of the biggest disappointments last few years was that he wasn't given more opportunities. And uh, at 22 years old, I think it's a great opportunity for him to have a, a year or two in Los Angeles to hopefully light up the league and show, you know, Americans what real football looks like with a real center midfielder. So I hope he takes full advantage of that opportunity, enjoys Los Angeles. And I think Valencia is a very good situation for Nico. I think Barca is going to miss both those guys. Because um, now all of a sudden, what we're left with, maybe that gives a little space for Pablo Torre to come into the mix this season from Barca Athletic. Uh, but I think both of them are going to get good playing time. And for people who don't follow American soccer, the MLS is growing really fast. And no, it's not like playing in La Liga at all. It's definitely a second tier league, but I think it's much better than a lot of people believe. So I think Ricky's going to have a good experience over there. Yeah, I think it's safe to say Ricky's going to enjoy his time in Los Angeles uh, as a a young 22-year-old with some money in his pocket. Um, Okay, let's talk about some, I I don't know, I guess I'll ask you, do you want to talk about Frankie de Jong or not? I'll leave it up to you. It's so, I mean, we can just talk about it. Very little has happened. It seemed to to be at a complete standstill, which is part of the reason why this registration is so difficult. Um, Yeah. I, I can see why, you know, at the end of the day, like we're all Barca fans, we're all very happy that um, you know, uh, what Alemany has done, what Laporta has done to get to the team where they are right now. But it's also true that from an outsider's perspective, all this stuff with the contracts, it's it's not a good look. Um, but which is why it's amazing why all these players still want to come and play here, even with all of the kind of bad faith um kind of just respecting the integrity of these contracts. And I think that's at the at the bottom of what Frankie Diang is doing here. He deferred his wages. I think it really is kind of like a personal principle stand that he's taking and also the fact that he does want to be here, but the whole thing about not reducing his contract again, it's like, come on, fool me once. You can't fool me twice. You've already done this once and I've gotten into this mix. I'm not going to just reduce my contract again. At some point I got to stand up for myself. And it doesn't mean that I don't love the club. I think he's already proven being here coming in at an extremely difficult time where he wasn't able to shine the way he wanted to knowing how good he was. He's finally ready to be here under Chavi and to be the player we always thought he would be when, you know, finally being in a good situation. He doesn't want to go to Manchester United. That's for sure. And no one else seems to be appearing except for maybe Chelsea. So I was going to say Chelsea are the one other club that have been somewhat linked. And I think they're reportedly willing to pay his salary, but he's just not interested. Like he wants to stay at Barcelona. He does want to be at Barcelona. And at the same time, 
yeah, it's the contract is a different thing. Uh, who knows though? I I just like remember like last summer, like things really came down to the wire at the way end of August. Messi left, and then surprisingly Griezmann left. So a lot of things can happen between now and the end of August. And I wouldn't be surprised if any of it happens. But I also tell you that I wouldn't expect him to play very much uh, this month while that's getting figured out. You no, know, that's so a great yeah. point. That's a great point. Um, so we'll see in the end what happens. Let's uh, let's just assume they register everyone. Uh, who are you most looking forward to seeing on the pitch? Um, I think it's the new front three, which is crazy because I enjoyed the old front three so much last spring as well that had come together. But in terms of excitement, what we saw in the preseason because of the way and it was starting to click so well, I think Xavi is going to give a run to Lewandowski up top with Dembele and Rafinha trying to play those three together. And I think those are the ones who are going to get the first crack at it. And it's just incredibly dynamic and so cool at the end to see how well Lewandowski was playing with Pedri and how well Dembele was playing with Rafinha. It just seemed like an, one of the best front threes, honestly, in the world that I can I can think of right now. And I think they're going to score a lot of goals. It's so exciting. And it's like, yeah, Lewandowski's older, but this team is like, a lot of the attacking prowess on this team is still so young. And it, this doesn't feel like something that's like a one-hit wonder. Like, yeah, Lewandowski probably only has a year or two left. I did see someone, I think, on Reddit compare him to uh, when Van Persie joined United, and that made me a little sad and mad. But I, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's a one-to-one -one comparison. I think Lewandowski still has some goals in him. But I totally agree with you. Like, this attacking three is something, like, I would get excited about in FIFA, like, that would kind of come up in my head and not actually be real. And the fact that uh, if you had told me if you told either one of us 12 months ago, 18 months ago, that Barcelona would have a front three with a healthy Dembele who's reached his potential, mm -hmm. uh, I guess we didn't really know Rafinha was going to be Rafinha at that point. And then Robert Lewandowski, like we would just not have believed you. Like that, like, it wouldn't have been something that we thought was possible. And so, uh, again, knock on wood, assuming they can actually register all these guys and we're not just all being fooled. Um, this is going to be a blast to watch those guys play together. It's going to be a blast. And I think they're going to rise to the occasion. One thing I've just noticed about Lewandowski, even at training is that he really is so professional and even Aubameyang has been so professional and maybe that starts with Xavi too, but Lewandowski in particular, the truth is we didn't just bring in, you know, he's here for a few reasons. One, he's exciting. Two, he sells merchandise, which is what Barca needs to recoup their investment, like an actual global superstar on the team. And three, he needs to deliver and score goals because this isn't just an investment. This is a short term. This needs to work now um, in order for this whole gamble to pay off. And I think Lewandowski is the right man to bring into the system. Uh, so it's not just I'm excited to see this. I think even Xavi realizes I need to keep Aubameyang. He can't go to Chelsea if Chelsea's interested in him because if, you know, God forbid something happens to Lewandowski, this team still needs to win because the money has been paid. The investment has, you know, this gamble has been, you know, put forward. And it needs to work. So I need to have depth in one way or another. Uh, we need to win trophies and we need to get back to the Barcelona of old for this to pay off. Yeah. And I mean, like you were talking about before we started recording, like the football schedule this year is insane. So like you need, you always need depth, but when you're in all these competitions and you have a world cup in the middle of the, um, the middle of the domestic year, like your depth, the injury situation is probably just going to be crazy. And so you have to have, depth and so i'm hoping that uh they don't have to sell too many more players what are you what are you most concerned with heading into the year for the club i think the pressure 
um, you signaled here that we are going to be competing with everyone right now. When you paid the money in order to do that, you have to bring in world-class talent, which we didn't really have after getting rid of Griezmann and Messi at the end of last season in order to compete for all these trophies. And they did it. And Xavi said, I want this. I can do this. You know, I have confidence. Just give me the players I'm asking for. So now there's a lot of pressure. Uh, you can't have another trophy list season. That would be horrible. And to be perfectly honest, um, you know, they should, I think they're the favorites to win La Liga. And it would be a disappointment if they didn't win a Liga. They even got second place. But, you know, at least a close second place finish is necessary. And then a deep run in the Champions League. That's a lot of pressure. And I think these guys can take it. Um, you know, I will say, you asked me, like, what worries me the most, I guess, to be specific, an injury to Pedri, who, let's be honest, last year had injuries. Because he was the one guy last year when he was removed, um, you know, he couldn't be replaced and the team couldn't win games. And I can't think of a single player right now. If you get rid of, if Pedro gets injured and Frankie's not on the team, who can fill that gap? So that's where my fingers are crossed that Pedro stays healthy and this team can, uh, you know, just meet, meet the pressure and uh, do well because there's a lot riding on this season. Do you think the center of the defense is good enough to make up for the uh, fullback situation? Well, well, first and foremost, there's a lot of center backs. So the question is like, will they try playing with a three man back line? And I think the answer is no. I think this is a four, three, three team. But what's interesting is now, you know, they're not really playing with fullback, especially on the right side, who bomb forward. And as of right now, I just saw speculation in sport this morning that Dest and Manchester United are being linked. So it looks like Chavi is really trying to move him on, which would say that they're looking to play with a guy like either Araujo or Kunde as their right fullback. And I'm just saying, Please no Sergio Roberto. Like if you want to get rid of Dest, even though as an American, that's disappointing to me. Move him on if he's not a good fit. But please no Sergio Roberto. That's the okay. I'm gonna go back. What worries me most about this season isn't that Pedri is gonna get injured. What worries me both most is that Chavi's gonna play Sergio Roberto as our fullback, like in regular minutes. That's what worries me most. I shouldn't worry um, you. That's going to happen. <laughs> oh, then I have to just get used to it and not spend every week complaining about it because. Kunde to me has been doing it so much for France. He can do it. Raul has been fine. And he seems to really like Eric Garcia. And you know what? Uh, to answer your question, I'm not worried about the center defenders. I think there's enough depth there and enough talent to cover. And the fact that P um, PK is like your, your backup backup option now, I think that looks pretty good. Oh, I, like I love how deep they are in the middle. Like it's, it's kind of ridiculous yeah. how many good center backs they have. And then it's hilarious how few fullbacks they have. <laughs> The full, it's just one of the things about fullbacks around the world right now is that, you know, there is a period of time where you wanted these guys to be the fastest and the most athletic and they were a part of the attack and they were overlapping and they were underlapping. They were doing all these things. You wanted them to go forward. But now the trend really starting with Pep Guardiola and Manchester City is to invert them or to not even or maybe to turn them into midfielders, which is what Barcelona does or in Xavi's case, to put all your offense into your wingers and to tell your fullbacks just to stay away. So I all of those signs point towards Chavez doesn't even isn't even worried about having like a fullback of old. And he's perfectly fine playing Araujo or Kunde or Sergio Roberto as a third string. We're gonna see. I just cannot accept right now that Chavez gonna start Sergio Roberto this on Saturday. That would be so disappointing. But yeah, I have to, to answer your question. The fullbacks continue to be the weak area of this team, especially on the right side. I feel like he's gonna throw dust out there just while they have him, maybe hope he has a good match or two so that he can sell him. I think it's crazy that 
I don't know. I guess it's crazy to me that you would sell him. Even if you don't think he fits, at least he's like, he's a positional fullback. Like at least he can play there and you have him under contract and he wants to be there. Um, so it's just kind of crazy to me. They would want to sell him even if he doesn't like the fit. And just tell me why Sergio Roberto over him. I mean, ex- explain to me, unless you just think that he's more disciplined and Dest is always going to want to go forward. And he, I think that's it. I think Roberto will listen. I think that's kind of the idea. Who listened to Chavi. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of been, ugh. well, I would like, I'd say that's an area if there's any concern, you know, got to resolve, but I think it's going to be a Ralpho as a right fullback this Saturday. Um, I want to say, so, uh, <laughs> this we I asked you who are you most looking forward to seeing on the pitch. I, I just want to throw out throw out uh some some guys I'm looking forward to seeing on the pitch, but they're all gonna be on the bench. Uh is the fact that we have Fatih, Ferran Torres, and Abamyang. Like I guess it didn't hit me that that's like a, a backup front three that I would have taken at the start of last year. And that's not even including Depay, who I think we're trying to like get rid of the Juventus now or something like that. But uh mm-hmm. Yeah, the attacking depth is just ridiculous. Um, okay, let's talk about Chavi. Uh, what do you want from Chavi with a full off season and half a season of football under his belt? Um, I, I kind of I trust him for the most part. Um, I think the training methods are good. I think the team is going to be focused, so I want to have like that consistent focus for sure. Um, you know, the one thing about Chavi that he does every once in a while is he'll have a game where he does this weird experiment. Like he'll put a player in like a position that just doesn't make any sense. And he'll just do something that kind of shows he's a young coach. who's very smart. Pep Guardiola does this too. Sometimes he'll just throw this wild card game out there. And he did it a few times in the spring. And I was just like, I think we're all just, why did he do that? And that wasn't necessary. Let's just go back to what we know. And, uh, because it's working pretty well. So I, I hope that he he knows his system well. He keeps things simple. He has great, talented players who will take things from there. And then if he runs into some adversity, which of course he will within the course of the season, you know, can he course correct? Is he going to be the kind of player who, our coach who's like Pep Guardiola, and if one player is just not playing well, he'll insert someone else and then it's next man up and having those high standards. Um, or is he going to ride the same players? And I think last season he did ride the same players. Uh, Ferran Torres is the best example everyone was saying. Why is he playing so many minutes? Can we get a rotation within there? And he never really did it. So that's the kind of thing I'll be looking at for Chavi. How does he do his player selection? Because he has a lot of tough choices to make. And will he make changes um, when the form starts to drop? And can he be adaptable? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's talk about expectations. Uh, You kind of briefly mentioned uh, expectations that you had for the club. Uh, What would be a successful season for Barcelona? Uh, Winning La Liga. And I think that's got to be the primary focus even more than if you have to make a a, a tough decision. I think you have to be 100% focused on La Liga, even if it means like rotating for most of the Copa del Rey games, um, Champions League even between the two. You're never, if you get into the knockout round of the Champions League, you're never not going to prioritize that. But I still think that the priority needs to be La Liga, which means he's probably going to need all that depth to do rotation so they can all be informed and all ready to contribute any, at any point in time. Um, 
win La Liga. That's a good season. That's an amazing season. It puts us back on track and then make it to the knockout rounds and have a good, confident showing. If you go up against Bayern Munich, take it to them. I mean, the problem last season in the Champions League is that Barcelona looked afraid. And what was the Thomas Mueller quote? They look intimidated. They look like they don't have the intensity to play elite football anymore. Okay, how about this? Champions League, it's a knockout. Anything can happen. Have the freaking intensity to show that you're an elite team again, that you don't like stand down to anybody. And we'll know that when we see it. That's 100% right. I mean, for me, um, I think, yeah, like you said, it's winning La Liga. And I don't think it's just like, I think you have to make it to at least the quarterfinals and probably the semifinals of the Champions League with how much money they're spending. Like, definitely quarterfinals. I think semifinals would still be, um, I don't know. I guess you like you talked about the intensity. Like they are one, one of they are one of the most talented teams in Europe. Um, yeah. And if they have that intensity, they should definitely be a semifinal team. But yeah, that remains to be seen. Getting knocked out by Man City in the quarterfinals is different than being knocked out by like Benfica. So. Right. Exactly. That's a great point. Okay. Uh, we are officially here. The season is ready to start. Um, what is one thing that you are most excited about? Just, it can be Barcelona related, football related, anything. Football is here. Premier League has already started. Bundesliga has already started. Syria on the Liga kick off this weekend. Uh, what is one thing you're excited about for the football season? It's just an amazing time to be a football fan right now. You have these great leagues in Europe and you have the World Cup coming up. You're going to have players who are so motivated coming into this fall to be ready for the World Cup, especially in Barcelona, where all these guys think they're going to make their national teams. So the level is going to be really high. It's going to be fascinating watching the, the tactical approaches by all the coaches to manage all you know these league games and the Champions League starting up and trying to keep everyone healthy to get through the World Cup and then to be in form afterwards as well. So that's just in general, it's going to be a beautiful, exciting time to watch, to be a Barca fan and just a football fan in general. Um, but for me, I think one thing I'm really excited about watching for Barcelona is um, I think Usman Dembele's season. I think he's such a great, talented player. We've never really seen the very best of him. And I know he's going to want to make the French national team. And he had the best preseason of any player for Barcelona. And I'm going to be rooting for him after all this drama to have like a really great comeback season where the Barca fans fall in love with him. He scores goals. He gets assists. He makes the French national team. And, you know, Barcelona has the player they thought they always had, which is one of the best players in the world. So is, is there, a, is there a chance he doesn't make the French national team? Well, it's been weird because even in the last World Cup, he barely played. And ever in the last couple of years, he's, there's been times where he hasn't even been called up. So, no, it's like Mbappe and Griezmann actually are the two that are always there in the front line. And then the right winger should be his, you know, Mbappe on the left. It should be him on the right. But no, he hasn't even been called up within the last year. Part of that's because of injuries. So he has a lot to prove. That'd be, yeah. <laughs> he he might have a lot to prove, but you're if you're <laughs> for the French national team, you freaking called Mbappe up. Like, that's not. It's kind of easy. Benzema, Dembele, and Mbappe. And, and, and then you, you have the Griezmann there. Like you have what, four world-class attackers. I don't understand yeah. how that's a difficult choice to make. And great whatever. center midfielders. Like the French, if France doesn't win the World Cup, okay, who's going to win the World Cup? My early prediction. It's got to me. It's either France or Brazil. But honestly, France still has the most talent. I think they're going to go all the way. If anyone should. I love that you threw out Brazil because 
you want to talk about teams that I want to see have to prove that they have moxie in big moments, it's Brazil. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that I don't know if they're if they're ready for those big moments. They have to get their swagger back too. Um, just real quick before we go, I want to hear uh who you think will win and why in each uh each European league. So I'll start with the Premier League. Who do you think is gonna win it? Oh, I think Man City is gonna run away with it this year. Yep. I think they're gonna get ahead and have such a big lead. It's gonna be totally dominant. Um, and then Liverpool will be pretty solidly second. Uh, but I would love to be proven wrong because I think they, they made some very smart decisions, but I just see Man City being a, a the force in Europe this year. Um, uh, Bundesliga, Bayern Munich. I don't know if we need to talk about that. Liga, mm. PSG. Okay, come on. Yeah, I, I, it's honestly, there's they're going to run away with it. It's not even yeah. going to be close. Yeah. Um, Liga and PSG. Uh, Syria. Starting to get kind of boring, yeah. Syria. Um, Inter Milan, I think, yep. with Lukaku coming back. Uh, and I don't think Juventus is quite back to their top form. It'll be interesting to see if AC Milan can stay at the top after a few good seasons. All I know is having both Milan teams be at the top again is it just makes Syria is to me uh, right there with La Liga in terms of second. I mean, the Premier League is always going to be the most like competitive uh, in terms of, at home, I guess, in terms of like the money. Uh, but Syria is finally, I think, there with the Liga in terms of interest for me, which is awesome. Um, yeah. I think that's all we got. Do you have anything else before we head out? Oh, and then La Liga. I think Barcelona's going to win. <laughs> did I already say that, though? Did I, did I, already... I, think, I think we hinted that that was the expectation. I think we both think yeah. they should win. Uh, they're the most talented. If you ask me, like, I think I will still be sl- like slightly surprised if they do win. I think, like, I don't know. This squad is so good. It almost scares me. Like, I feel like I'm putting my hope in something that is going to inevitably like, like the Robert Lewandowski, like age 30 plus knee injury. Fati gets hurt again. Pedri's overworked after the world cup and can't come back because his hamstrings are on fire. Like a lot of it scares me. And so I guess I'm, I'm holding my heart back, but I'm, I'm excited. And I think that uh, as long as we don't find out in six months in January that the club is going under because they've spent all their money and sold everything, uh, I think that they they should win La Liga and they're the favorites, yes. And they really need to. I think Barca's advantage is their depth. I think they have a better roster than Real Madrid from top to bottom. But Real Madrid has that pedigree and that confidence that they'll win those close games. And what kind of downed Barcelona last year was all these close games, you know, giving up like silly points here and there, a tie here and a loss there. So that's the thing. And that's the Real Madrid pedigree that's so annoying that they, whether it's call it referee favoritism, whatever you want, they find the way to win the games they need to win. And Barcelona needs to be that team this season. I think they can be. 100% agree. All right. Well, Nick, uh, what are you working on? Are you working on anything for the site? Well, I think now we're going to go back to uh, some match reactions. And um, so it's just going to depend on how these games go. But I think for the most part, Uh, That's where I'm going to be maybe doing some more tactical breakdowns. That could be fun. Lovely stuff. Uh, Everyone check out Nick's work at BarcaBloodGrounders.com. And as always, Nick, thank you for joining us. Thank you.